Hi, I'm Pastor Roger Brown. God has gifted me the pleasure to pastor a dynamic, spirit-filled church called Life Changers Church International right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas. I believe God will use this sermon to impact your life and bring His greatness out of you. Man, I hope you get something out of this that will change your life. God bless you. Your time is very important, so I'm going to get right to the message. Have a wonderful day. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me this morning, if you would, to Exodus chapter 3. When you get Exodus chapter 3, you may stand, if you would, for the reading and the reverence of the Word of God. Exodus chapter 3, starting at verse number 1. Exodus chapter 3, verse number 1. It's right after Genesis. If you can't find Genesis, we need to come to an altar. <laughs> Amen. We need to get this thing right. Praise God. <laughs> Lord help Thomas. Genesis chapter 3. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, this is your sign. Hallelujah. I'm going to read out of NLT. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock into the wilder- in, in, far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see. You know, when something gets on fire, people's always going to come watch, right? Amen. So you know if you get on fire, they'll come. Amen. They might not be able to put you out, but they'll watch you burn. Come on, somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, burn up for Jesus. Moses said to himself, why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look. Now pay attention to this. God's watching. God's watching what we're doing. When when, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses. I like that. Let me stop here just for a minute. Have you ever wondered why in the Bible that God is saying Abraham, Abraham, or Moses, Moses? Because that's a sign of covenant. When God says Moses... What really happened was when he spoke, it hit the earth, and the earth echoed, boom, and said it again. My God. So anytime you ever see where it says, Abraham, Abraham, Moses, Moses, you are seeing where God is showing covenant because he speaks in heaven. Boom, it hits the earth like a big echo, and it comes back. So if you ever hear your name twice, just stop and say, yes, Lord. But if you ever hear your full name, that is your mama. Do not. Stop. Keep keep running. Don't keep running unless you want to get hooked. In Oklahoma, we say hooked. When the Lord saw Moses coming, he took a closer look. God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here am I, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the blessing. I mean, uh, the, the, the promise, the God of Abraham, the promise, the God of Isaac, the blessing, and the God of Jacob, the outcast. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Can I preach this morning? When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cry of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites now live. Look, the crowd of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have been, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, 
For I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God. Ain't that some like you outcast? Always complaining. I ain't good enough. I ain't been saved long enough. I don't know enough scriptures. I don't know. I just come out of the bar last night. <laughs> but Moses, <laughs> hey, I'm preaching. But Moses protested to God. Who am I to hear before Pharaoh? Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. Like this. And this is your sign. If you got, a, you got something, just underline that because you're never, you're never going to forget this one. And this is your sign. Then I am the one who has sent you. I better shut up, let me read. And when you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested again. Here he goes, protesting again. If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me, and, and the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. They will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say to this people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that there is a sign in America today. Heavenly Father, Lord, it is not Allah, it is not Buddha. Heavenly Father, Lord, but it is Yahweh. It is a name forever generations until, until you bring us up to you. And I stand in this place today, God, and I ask you that you begin to move upon their hearts and their lives. Heavenly Father, Lord, when they walk into a desolate place today, Lord, wherever they may go, Lord, let it in their mind, just let them say there's a sign coming to them. Let them be the sign that freedom is coming. And Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Tell your neighbor, this is your sign. Here's your sign. Foxworthy made that famous. Yeah, Foxworthy. Hey, do you have a flight? No, I'll just let that tire, <laughs> air out of the tires. <clears throat> All right, I'll preach now. Anyway. So we... We get past the book of generations, which is past the, the, the book of beginnings. And we get to the book of Exodus, which means the exit. And God is preparing something for the people of God. And, and throughout all of gener, uh, Genesis, God has, has, has showed his kindness and his love. And they went up and down. And they have uh, got in church. And then they got out of church. They got hot and they got cold. Maybe I'm preaching to you. And they come into a God who would do great exploits in their lives, but there was always a generation that would come up behind them. And it, and, it, and, and it wasn't the generation coming up behind them's fault. It was the generation before them for letting go of the reins. Now, we can't sit and blame our kids because our kids have got all of these problems. The kids just didn't get up one day and think, oh, I'm just going to be a problem child. We can't sit and look at everything that's going on in the world today and just blame the generation behind. This generation behind us is crazy. No, the generation before them stopped somewhere along the way. The, the generation before them got tired. They got tired of doing good and not getting anything out of it. Whew. Ain't that just like Americans? We, I mean, if we do something, we want something for it. And God's looking at a generation who has put themselves into a position and fallen on many occasions. And so now they find themselves in Egypt's bondage, in slavery. Egypt is, is, is basically a word you could just call the world. Look at your neighbor and say, the world's got them. And the world had them in bondage and had them in a place and, and, and for over 400 years. And the children of Israel begin to talk about what happened to, to Abraham. They talked about what happened to Isaac. 
And they talked about what happened to Jacob. And they talked about all of these things. And I need to tell somebody, God didn't just bless Abraham just to bless him. He blessed Abraham because he knew Isaac was coming. Come on, somebody. Abraham is the promise. God said, I'm going to give you a promise. And Isaac becomes the blessing. Did you know that Isaac didn't even have to labor? He didn't even have to toil. He didn't have to do nothing. He just showed up and said, Abraham's my daddy. Praise God. Amen. And the blessings begin to flow. But he didn't stop at Isaac. But he went on to Jacob, the surplanter, the stealer, the conniver, the outcast. He said, I'm your God too. And out of Jacob, it came the nation, the 12 tribes. I need to tell somebody, we think all the good stuff is coming out of the goody two-shoes. But God is using the back row. He's using the back seat. He's using across the track. Come on, somebody. He's using somebody been bound up for years. He's pulling them out because there's something inside of them that we can't see. So he said, I want you to go, but Moses is on the backside of the desert. He's way over on the backside of the desert. And Jethro, his father-in-law, and he's out tending the sheep one day. Forty years. Listen to this. Listen just for a minute. We come to church. I'm just, somebody just say I love the preacher. Thank y'all. And don't lie because you're in church. But We come to church, and if we haven't got an answer before church service is over with, by the time we leave, we're discouraged, disgruntled. I mean, we're just absolutely, we just, we, we, we just can't do this anymore. I just can't keep going to church and, and, and God not speaking to me. Moses is on the backside of the desert and hadn't heard of thus saith God for 40 years. He's on the backside of the desert because 40 years prior to that, he saw, he, he, he saw an Egyptian man and, and he, saw, he saw a Hebrew man slay an Egyptian man. And matter of fact, not only did he see it, but he got involved in it. So he's in murder, an ex-con running for his life, running on the backside of the desert, running to a place. The thing about Moses is, is he forgot that his calling's bigger than he is. He forgot that there's a generation before him that said, God, if you'll give me a son, I won't give him back to, to Pharaoh. I will keep him. If you will give me a son, I'll do whatever it takes. I'll stand up to the United States government of America and I'll tell them I will not fall at what you want me to fall at. I'll praise God. I'll shout. I'll glorify God every day of the week. I won't give up. See, his mama before him, listen to me, listen to me. Some of you that are raising children right now, my God, help me, Jesus. I'm probably going to get uh, censored right here. All of you that are raising children right now and you're trying to go by the plant parenthood, a plant parenthood, I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you what the Bible says. The Bible said, beat your child and he won't die. My God, somebody just lost some of you right now. It's time that we stand back up and we take America like it needs to be took and we listen to what God is saying. And some are saying, it's too late for the church. But I need to tell somebody, I I'm your sign, baby. It's here. It's time to see what God's doing. And we sat back and we've seen things begin to happen. And we see things begin to turn and Moses is on the backside of the desert. He's minding his own business. And God just shows up one day because he says it's time. Listen, God's time is never your time. It's never your time. In, in March of 1995, I didn't think it was my time to come to God. Because Friday night I was in the bar, and on Saturday night I decided to go to church. All of a sudden, because my dad wanted me to, he'd been in a week revival. So me and Anna shows up to church, and I did not plan to see a burning bus. That was not my plan. See, our plans are not God's plans, and God doesn't say, you know what? Oh, Titus, you did really good today. I'm going to bless you. No, 
He says, Titus, I'm going to bless you in spite of your failures. I don't care how much that you've messed up. Cody, I don't care what the world says. I don't care where you got up this morning you find yourself. God said you can't stop my blessings. My blessings will come through when people don't even know or don't even understand. You can't stop what I'm doing in your life. They say you can't trust you, but God said I already trusted you. It don't matter what it looks like. What matters is the finished product. And if we could get our mind off of our troubles uh, and get it on the calling of God, uh, we would see a burning bush. <laughs> Moses walks up one day and there's a bush that's on fire. He thought, hmm, that bush is on fire, but it's not burning. <laughs> now, if I'm walking in my pasture and I see a bush on fire not burning, I'm calling 911. <laughs> so he watches this bush listen 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 to how God is doing somebody hear me listen to how God is doing this listen some of you think well I'm going to get up this morning. I'm going to go to Life Changers because, you know, I just want to hear from God. Let, let me tell you something. You can't make up your plans to come to Life Changers and hear from God. The thing about it is, is you probably heard from God before you ever got here. Come on, somebody. All Life Changers is, is a burning bush ah, in your pathway. That's all it is. God already spoke to you. He gets him intrigued and he gets him. And gets you to a place, and here comes Moses. And he says, Moses, Moses. <laughs> it's that echo. That's the sign of covenant. That's the very sign of covenant uh, that, uh, that the covenant maker would call out to the covenant name. So he, he stops, and he looks, and God says, stop where you are right there. Because out here in the middle of the desert, there ain't nobody out here, but I've called this and deemed this holy ground. He said, you're standing right at the foot of the very place that I'm going to call to you, and I'm going to make a law to the rest of the world. He didn't give him all the details. Don't you notice God don't give you all the details? He just calls you because some of you right now, some of you are saying, okay, God, I will, but I need, this. I need to have a contract. I need to read it. I need to find out what happens if I don't come to work. What happens if I get sick? Come on, somebody. We got to have this signed contract. Do I get benefits? Do I get all these things? And God doesn't give us the details. He just calls us. And the thing about it is, is we got a lazy, pathetic church today that is sitting back. And the only thing we are attacking title seekers and not God seekers. My God, let me say that again. We become title seekers and not God seekers. And so therefore, we're going to sit in the seat and we're going to look for a title and try to get a contract and God ain't burning no bushes in our lives. But we got to start seeking him to see the bush. Am I doing all right? Anybody bored yet? Listen. He, he says, you're standing on holy ground. I've deemed this holy ground because this is the place because there's going to be a, a mountainside that you're going to climb. But right down here at the bottom of it, I want you to always remember it. I didn't wait till you got to the mountaintop to call you. I called you in the valley. All right. Somebody needs to hear that. He said, I called you in the valley right here. He said, Moses, he said, I've heard the cry of the people. Somebody hear me. Before the pandemic start, started, the church of America today was playing games. We was all about writing books and signing books and, and getting programs and getting aired and giving TV time and, and all this was all about showcasing our talents. 
And we was being very pathetic at what we was doing. And God began to move and speak. Let me tell somebody. The pandemic that happened, you can say that and you can blame everybody you want to. You can blame China. You can, I, nobody even knew who Wuhan was <laughs> until this stuff happened. <laughs> Tanner told me one time when this pandemic started, he said, they found out the guy who started this. And I said, who? He says, some Chinaman. I said, what's his name? He said, a Chew. We better edit that out. I will get censored. <laughs> I just like to be real. I don't like to just come in here all suited up. and You know, I, I just be crazy sometimes. But we can sit back and we can blame everybody else and we can think, God, what are you going to do? And I'd understand that God had his hand from the very beginning. Because there is a remnant of people. God is finding a Moses on the other side of the desert who's been running for 40 years. He hadn't forgot the cry of his people. I need somebody to stand at your feet right now and give God a crazy shout and let the camera see you right now. Hallelujah. Just let the world know we are your sign. We're not giving up. We might be in the desert, but there's a bush burning just for you. Y'all sit down. <laughs> Give me a few more minutes because I, 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 I want to work this thing today. But. So, Moses hears from God and God says, I want, I want to free my people. Now, it's been 40 years since Moses has been back. And Moses isn't even talking about He's not even protesting about, you know, what he done. He's just protesting because he don't think he's the right person. And see, most of the time, here's what's going to happen, is we're going to sit back and we're going to declare that, God, you got the wrong one. God, you're not, Lord, I'm, Lord, listen, I know you're good, but I'm just not ready. I'm just not ready. And God said, listen, I want you to go, and I want, I want you to go in the name, because I am the God of Abraham, I'm the God of Isaac, and I am the God of Jacob. He said, I want you to go and stand up in front of them. And Moses protests again, and he says, well, if I go and tell them that, who will I tell them that sent me? And he said, tell them I am sent you. Tell him it's me. He said, give him my name, Yahweh. The name for all generations. The name that stands above all names. The name of the very beginning. Tell him, tell him Yahweh sent you. And what happens a lot of times is we're not being sent from Yahweh. See, 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 see. This is what one preacher told me a long time ago. He said, some just went, but some was sent. And there's a lot of just wenting people. Is that, that's a word. In Oklahoma it is. Y'all put that in your dictionary. A toka dictionary, wenting. Some, some people just wenting. <laughs> Somebody stop my brother. See, some just went and some has been sent. And I need to tell somebody right now that the problem with the church seekers today is they want to know how much they're going to get paid. How much am I going to make? Is my name going to be big? Is my name going to be famous? Well, I'll come to your town and do a revival, but I got to... 
I got to have this much money and I got to have that much money and I need to be guaranteed this. I need to be primped and pampered. I need you to give me the best money. My God, somebody's going to hate me today. But I'm just telling somebody right now that it's time that we are sent instead of just went. We can't stand up and declare this is what I'm going to do if Yahweh's not backing you up. We've read books and we we programmed ourselves and we said, well, this ministry does it like this. And so this is what I'm going to do because they're very successful. But I need to tell you right now that the ministries that are very successful is is the very ministries, praise God. Never mind, I'm going to shut up, praise God. Anyway, anyway, that's God's anointing and it ain't my job, praise God. But here's the thing. We got to understand that we cannot just stand up here and just say, this is what I'm going to do. I need to tell somebody in this place today, underneath the sound of my voice. You're not here by accident, but I believe God's got a burning bush for every one of you, and I believe that God is calling you. He's calling you further than just your neighborhood or across the street. Come on, somebody. He's trying to get you in the outcast alleys. He's trying to get you in the places that the church won't go because we're too good, but I need to tell somebody right now, just move out of my way, baby, because I'm coming to you. I don't care where you're at. I don't care how many drugs you put in your veins. I don't care how many lies you told, how many times you've been married. God's coming to you. There's a bush burning, and I'm your sign. We're just so relaxed. We're just so preacher, preacher, preach me happy. I gotta get happy. I just gotta get happy. Preacher, preach me happy. And so we want to preach them happy, but when we preach them mad, they don't come back. And the thing about it is that if I can't make you mad or, or squiggle and wiggle at least one time today, I haven't done my job. I need to tell somebody in here today that our job is not to be the phony Pharisee, but our job is to stand up with the promise of God and tell them your sign's coming. Now Moses is getting ready to do a huge job. He's, he's getting ready, and again, God is not telling him the details. He spends 40 years in Pharaoh's castle. He spends 40 years on the backside of the desert. Now he's about to spend 40 years in the desert. <laughs> Some says... I'm just going to get me one of them fancy Bibles. Give me some of them dude shoes. I'm just going to start preaching like Roger Brown. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just, I'm just going to start preaching like, like Roger Brown. I'm just going to start. And, and listen, that, that's all good. But if I had a little bit of time, I would go all the way back to when Roger Brown started. See, you can't look at where I am today and Dean say, hey, this is what it is. You don't know the price that somebody has paid in your life. They didn't even know the price that Moses had paid before he came. All they did when they got in the wilderness was grumble, gripe, and complain because all they was eating was manna that fell from heaven. And it was the same thing over and over and over. And they just could not understand it. But what God was doing was he was picking and choosing his soldiers. And in the middle of a desert... I need to tell somebody, it ain't time to break down. It's a time to break through. And we got to go through our desert. And he's saying, listen, he said, this is going to be your sign. Tell them, tell these people that this is going to be their sign. Tell them, this. I'm going to take them to a land flowing with milk and honey. 
I'm going to bring them out of Egypt's bondage and I'm going to take them all the way to the land that I have given you. He said, but I need to tell you something. He said, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hiphites, and the Mulberryites, and all of those, they live in this land. Listen to me. God's not saying, okay, I'm going to take you in there and I'm going to run you out. I'm going to run them out. Listen to what he's saying. He's saying they already live there. The devils that you're going to fight live there. I'm going to bring you out and put you right in the nose of the devil and I'm going to give you back the land that is already yours because I'm talking to somebody in here tonight that the devil's possessing places in your homes, in your life, in your marriage, in your children's family that he don't belong and it's time to step up in the middle of it. I'm telling you want to kick the door down and take away the CDs and the DVs and the posters. Come on somebody, be a parent again. Stand up and tell them this is what we're going to do. I tell people all the time, I had a drug problem. I was drugged to church every Sunday and every Wednesday and every revival that they had. I didn't say I'm ready to go. I was drugged. And I need to tell somebody that the sign still remains. So God's speaking to an outcast. The only way to get these people out of bondage is to bring an outcast back into the picture. And some people says, well, you know, <coughs> I bet every now and then they said, you know, I wonder where, yeah, your son. Didn't you have a son named Moses? God said, where's he at now? Wonder where he is. Oh, he's probably living a good life over in Tahiti somewhere. <laughs> I mean, Moses wished he was. See, and God had looked down because from the very beginning, God had put a calling on Moses that nobody could ever see. But if you start looking for the signs in his life, come on, somebody. If you start looking for the signs in his life, it'll direct you to what God's doing. See, you didn't just survive that car accident because you're tough. No, no. God pulled you up out of it. You didn't survive the pandemic because you were smart because you took zinc. Well, I took my vitamins and I took zinc and I said, listen, listen, listen. There were so many that went before us that sometimes I question and I wonder. And I say, God, why did they have to die in this pandemic? I don't understand it. I don't understand it. And sometimes I lost family members. I lost great family members that I was connected to all of my life. I lost friends. And still at times, sometimes I shake myself. I think, God, why? Why? Lord, I just need to shut up. And God said, don't ever shut up about a pandemic that the the world is trying to fear but tell them that you're overcomers by the blood of the lamb and stand up and we are made we are made to not ever lose in God's eyes if he has the power over cancer he has the power over COVID-19 COVID-19 did not just slide in and God said Whoop, well I missed that one he already knew he stood in the position. He stood into a place. And we can't let the enemy put fear on us. Moses. Moses did not even have an inkling of a clue that he would stand at the very place at the bottom of that mountain where God called him. And then God would say, I want you to climb this mountain. I need to talk to you. Moses is the only one that ever seen God face to face. Can you imagine climbing a mountain and feeling the breath of God on your face when he begins to talk? He looked at God. He said, I hear about you, but I got to see you. Come on, somebody. He said, I'm not like the rest of them. I don't want I want to just go to church and hear about you. I want to see you. I want to be the one to see you. And when he climbed the mountain, the Bible said that between the cliffs of the mountain, God showed him his hindquarters. Isn't that crazy? God just slides by. Just 
And it was so powerful and so bright that when he come down off the hill, he had to put a veil over his face because he'd been in the presence with God. And they need to tell somebody right now that when you get in the presence of God, you can go to Walmart and they'll look at you and say, do you got great grease on your face? And you say, no, it's called grace, baby. I've just been with God. I'm shining because of his grace. I light up every time I come out of his presence. There's something about the power of God. The reason why we ain't shining, because we ain't. Who you preaching to, preacher? I'm preaching to whoever will hear me. We ain't shining bright enough because we ain't spending enough time with him. We've been seeking about what he said, but we don't want to seek about where he's at. God told Moses, said, you're going to be the sign. I'm going to deliver a nation. I'm going to do what I promised to do. I'm not calling the biggest, baddest army. I'm not calling the Black Hawk helicopters. I'm not calling the Green Braves. I'm not calling the Navy SEALs. I'm calling you, Moses. You're 80 years old. I want you to get up, shut up, and go. Don't you sit and try to plan what I'm going to do. I need to tell somebody in here today that our biggest problem today is what we're doing is we're looking back and focusing on what we can't do already. And we're trying to determine whether we're good enough. And it's not about whether you're good enough. It's what God's done for you. And I need to tell you something right now. You didn't just happen to be there because God said a long time ago there was some stuff that went down in your life that God spared you and saved you and called you. And the calling of God, Moses, might have been on the other side of the desert. But when the bush is burning, you better get ready and hear it. I need to tell somebody right now, don't you walk by it. Don't you ignore it. Don't you just think, well, that, that that's just something. Ain't that something. I need to tell you right now, God is sending a burning bush because he wants to talk he wants to talk to you because we are the sign of a generation we are it I mean we are tattooed up that's a word tattooed it praise God we are we are we are, we are earringed up. We are, we, we, we are, we are all mixed up and, and, and all of this stuff going on in our life. And still yet, God has waited on this generation. Come on, somebody. He's waited on this generation. I need to tell somebody. Please hear me right now. I need to tell somebody. There are people going to come in your life. And don't you dare reject them. There is a sign. God's calling the outcast. He ain't calling the pretty boy preacher. He ain't calling the, the, the fancy uh, preachers. He's not calling the superstars. He's calling John the Baptist from the dirt road and they're coming out wearing eating honey and, and, and locusts and wearing camel's hair skin. He don't look like the rest of them, but God's calling them out because there's a generation that's got to repent. He's causing a sign to rise up. And there's a lot of confusion going on in America today. Here's another time to get censored. Hey, if I get censored, just go to our, our website page and you can watch them in there. The government said the UFOs are not real. Now all of a sudden, bam, they're real. Because the enemy always likes to distract you. When God is doing something amazing for a generation, the enemy is going to distract you to get your eyes off of what God is doing. And we've been in pain so long and desperate so long uh, that anything that sounds good, that looks good, or feels good, uh, we're going to run to it just so we can uh, get away from the pain. But I need to tell somebody uh, that with pain there is purpose. Uh, and if you can get past the pain, uh, you will find the purpose in your life uh, that God has called you to do. Because pain is an indicator that something is changing. Something is changing. So we're in the midst of a generation 
who in a touch of a button all over the world, they can watch Life Changes Church right here in Pittsburgh, Kansas, all over, and it's happening all over the world. And it becomes so easy and so modernized. And let's just do it this way and let's, and let's do it this way. And, and listen, I'm not saying that we all ought to go back to wooden pews. Or we ought not just rip the air conditioner out of the building. I like the good old days. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is we need to seek a God who has never changed. Now, the culture goes to different times because, uh, because even the Bible tells us uh, that, that, uh, that, that uh, there will come a time when it just begins to move. And, 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 and the culture always learns new things. And culture is always embracing, getting closer and getting closer. And I understand that. I understand that. But God has never changed. The same God that answered your grandmother's prayers when she fasted for three weeks and prayed is the same God that will do it for you. And I understand Sometimes we say, well, you know what? Grandma shouldn't have fasted for three weeks. She didn't have to do that. God didn't wait until Grandma got done with the fast. The fast was never about whether God was going to do it. The fast is about seeing us God, seeing God faster. And if we would start fasting and start praying, we would see God moving. I'm coming to a close. But the sad part about it is, so we have to always wait to a new year before we declare a fast. When God gives us requirements, when you're a child of God, he said, this is your requirements. He said, you are to pray, you are to give, and you are to fast. The three requirements. Three. Pray, give, and fast. <coughs> If we're going to be a sign for a broken generation, if we're going to see the outcasts and the misfits and the riffraffs come to where God is and see God, then we're going to have to climb up out of that place we're in and we're going to have to listen to God when he stops us. Some of you have been called already and God has spoken, but you're still protesting. You're in your protest mode. And you're debating on whether you're called right now or whether it's really, God, are you really talking to the right one? Because what he's called you to do, you think that you cannot do. Because, because <coughs> not only you think you cannot do it, but it's not easy for you. And God's not calling you to something that you can do. He's calling you to something that only he can do. But all he wants you to do is stop and recognize that he's burning in front of you. There's a call. Every head bowed. All over this place, no looking around. Every head bowed. I need to remind some people in here. That God told me, and I need y'all to hear this. I need to say this so that the camera can hear me, so you can hear me, because this is what God said. He said, you're fixing to go to two services on Sunday. So I've been doing my, my very best to hear from God and to preach exactly what God preached and do it within a good time. Because we're fixing to go into two services. Y'all hear me? Hear me real good. Hear me, I'm telling you. I'm not, I'm not prematurely telling you. I'm telling you because we are pregnant right now. Life Changers Church is pregnant. And it's coming and it's happening. So all over this building, every head bowed, no one looking around. Pastor Anna.
need to talk to some people just for a minute you walked in here this morning and God's already been speaking to you and dealing with you and you knew change was coming you was in a position with your life you began to question and ask and some of you run into a burning bush whether it was last week or the week before last or even two months ago some of you run into a burning bush and that burning bush that became your sign whether you was at a family reunion, whether you was at a baseball game or, or, or a track meet, or whether you was at a graduation, or whether you was in Walmart or whether you was at a gas station. God has sent a burning sign right in the middle of your way and you know, and you know, and you know, and you know, God was speaking to you. Some of you walked in here this morning because it happened to you. I, all over this building, I need to tell somebody. The enemy's trying to ridicule you. He's trying to pull you down. He's trying to demote you. He's trying to tell you you ain't ready. Trying to tell you you ain't good enough. Trying to tell you you don't know enough. Trying to tell you where you've been you can't ever get out of. He's really been playing hard on your life. Some of you's really been involved in church at one time. There was great things you was doing. You was touching people's lives. And for whatever reason, whatever the tragedy was that happened in your life, it happened for only one reason. That was to stop you from what you was doing. And now you're trying to do everything you can do to get it back. Let me tell you something right now. There ain't nothing you can do to give it back, to get it back. Nothing you can do. There's nothing you can do to get it back because the same God that gave it to you never took it from you. The devil lied to you. So if you're here this morning, you say, Preacher, I am not where I need to be with God. Preacher, this morning I want to give my life to Him. I want to be saved. I want to know that salvation. I want to give my life to Jesus. Some of these churches now, what we do is we stand up and ask anybody if they want to be saved to raise their hand and we send them off to a room somewhere so somebody can talk to them. Let me tell you something. Right up here in the middle of it, this is where it ought to be. Yes, preacher, I want to be saved. Pray for me. Raise your hand and wave it at me and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. <laughs> these are miracles. These are miracles. I see the hand that raised. Now, this is nothing I'm going to ask you. Preacher, you was talking to me this morning. I am called. I got some flaws, but I'm called. I am called, preacher. Preacher, I'm called and I want to step into my calling this morning. I don't care if a hair lifts the devil and everybody in front of his place. I want to step into my calling this morning. And this morning, this is not just a step up because I feel a little bit. This is because I know I am called. I know I'm called to do more than sit on the pew. I know I'm called to do more than show up. I know that I'm called. I'm called to the kingdom of God and I want to do my part. This ought to be a big one, but all over this building, all over this building, you say, I want to be called. On the count of three, I want you to come. One, two, three, come on. If you raise your hand because you want to give Jesus your life, I want you to come. Make me a line, make me a good line. Listen. Jesus, take your place. 
Here it is. All the way from Olathe, Kansas. You want to be called right here.
the Sunday after Father's Day. I don't know what that is. But the Sunday after Father's no? Yeah. The Sunday after Father's Day, I want to do a baptism right here. Ashley, let me take that back. I want to do that on a Thursday night. The Thursday after Father's Day, I want to do a baptism. The only thing stopping us is we don't have a hot water heater. Nick. Because last time we had to do it and everybody froze. But it, <laughs> we even got old ZZ Top in there. Uh, so between now and the first Thursday after Father's Day, we're going to get a hot water tank. We're going to get a stock tank out here in the front. Come on, somebody. We have a lot of people in this area, in this church, that wants to be baptized, that needs to be baptized, amen. And that's part of our calling. I mean, we're called to come in. I mean, we're, we're called to get saved and get baptized, amen. Praise God. And so, uh, and so I want to declare that and uh, deem that. So the first Thursday after Father's Day, and I don't even know what date that is. The 24th. <laughs> June the 24th on a Thursday night, okay. It's going to come in. We're going to come in and we're going to open up and do a little uh, stuff here. And then we're going to go out. I mean, our main thing for that Thursday night, our main thing for that Thursday night is our baptisms. Okay. And so, and so bring somebody, come. If you don't usually show up on Thursday nights because maybe you got to work or whatever, call your boss and tell him you got a baptism and you need to be here. Brady, you call him, tell him. Tell him Roger said. <laughs> Amen. Ain't you glad you showed up this morning? Praise God. We are the sign. Amen. Amen. Soul Sisters meetings tonight. Invite all the ladies to come. If you guys would like to stand on your feet, we'll dismiss this service in prayer. It's a good thing to start. It's a good thing to end. Amen. Father God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for the salvations. Thank you, Father God, that you're making it clear to us what it is that you, you desire in our lives that we are need, need to fulfill on this earth for you, who we need to become, Father God, for you. And we thank you for that, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen.